I want to uh, pick up where I left off last week. We didn't get very far, but I started teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we will uh, dive right in. How about that? Um, I spent some time, a few weeks, talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And it's very important for us to remind ourselves often that, and just never let this truth leave you, that the Holy Spirit is with you forever. Amen? I'm hearing some kind of radio or something, some, some kind of something going on. Um, but if y'all can turn that, if you're on Facebook Live, maybe that's what you're doing. I don't know. Just um, just turn the volume down on wherever that noise is coming from. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, so the Holy Spirit is with you how long? And he's an ever-present help in time of trouble. I mean, I can't say that enough. Greater is he who is in you. Greater is he, not it. He he lives on the inside of you. Hallelujah. And uh, Jesus said, I don't do, uh, I do what I see the Father do. And he that has seen me has seen the Father. Because the Father and Jesus work hand in hand. Jesus, Jesus would never do anything that he didn't see the Father do. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He went about doing good. Say, he went about doing good. And the Holy Spirit, likewise, would never do anything that Jesus wouldn't do. In fact, Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the comforter won't come. But if I go, I'm going to send him to you. And he will be your helper. He said, I'm going to send another helper. And that's one just like me. Okay, another means in the Greek, one just like me who will, who will do in my absence what I would do if I were personally present with you. So we're not alone. <laughs> and I'm not talking about aliens and stuff. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. You're not alone in this universe. Amen. You're not without help. You, you are without help 24 hours a day. So it's not just coming to church to get a feel good and then just wait Get, get kind of a, a, a dose of something to last you to next Sunday. No, we're here to give you some, give you some fuel and, 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 and to help you and to, to, to know what have been freely given to you by God. And so, you know, every day out of the week, you, you're not without help. You don't have to wait till Sunday. We're here to remind you that Jesus is with you always. Thank you, Jesus. So the Holy Spirit wouldn't do anything Jesus wouldn't do. He does the same thing that Jesus does, in fact. In fact, Jesus said, when I go away, he, he, he talked about, he was preparing them. He said, the works that I do, you'll do. And greater works than these will you do because, because I go. Wow. Now, that wouldn't even make any sense unless he left us with some help. Amen. He sent back up. Thank you, Jesus. And as I said uh, before, the, I'm just giving you a little bit of review. 
The Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited. Jesus could only be at one place at one time, and now he's multiplied himself through all of us believers all over the world. The Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited. Say, the Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited. And so he's here to do you good, not bad, because Jesus went about doing good, so the Holy Spirit only does you good. He doesn't convict you of your sins. He convicts you of righteousness. He reminds you that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Man, I'm getting blessed already. Okay. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, we'll jump into verse 1. I do not want you to be ignorant. So we see that God does not want us ignorant of spiritual gifts. And so, um, amen. Something else I want to remind you of, if you're taking pictures, um, they're going to disappear from your phone. We've got some new technology that when you leave here, you won't find them on your phone. I heard, actually, I heard about that from somebody who went in, in the Pentagon, and uh, they went. They were taking pictures in the, in the Pentagon. And, you know, I mean, they don't give tours of the Pentagon. This was kind of a special deal with, with some folks. They went to the Pentagon, and they took some pictures, and it was kind of surprising that they, they'd let them do it. But when they left the Pentagon, all those pictures was off their phone. Couldn't find it, disappeared, man. What kind of technology is that? So, uh, amen. I'm, I'm not ADD. I just had a random thought. Because I saw somebody taking pictures, which reminded me, send us your pictures, and um, we're going to, uh, I want to have an email that you can send them to so we can get them. Uh, we'll have a special email. I'm, I'm going to work on that, see if I can pull that off. I have a just a special email where you can send your pictures and so we can post them on our Instagram account. Okay? So we're going to resurrect our Summit Instagram account. I have a personal one. You can follow me on Instagram, by the way. A plug. But you can get blessed all through the week because I'm always uh, posting on Instagram. Uh, Al Jennings 1, you can find me. I'm easy to find there. But we also want to post some things on our Summit account. So send us your pictures, your little videos, and all that kind of stuff. And we'll fix them up and send them. All right? Or post them, rather. Okay. So, concerning Instagram, God does not want you, I mean, spiritual gifts, God does not want you to be ignorant of these things. Now, the word gifts is italicized, which means it wasn't in the original. So, actually, it's talking about, if you read it, and I understand why the translators insert certain words so it'll kind of make some sense, but... Um, it literally reads, now concerning spirituals, I do not want you to be ignorant. And that's an important point because he's not just talking about gifts. He's also talking about ministries of the Holy Spirit. So eventually we're going to talk about ministries of the Holy Spirit and gifts of the Holy Spirit as well. Okay, so they're actually referred to as manifestations of the Spirit, as we'll find out. So you can call them gifts. It's okay to call them gifts. You can call them manifestations of the Spirit. But there's also ministries of the Holy Spirit. So concerning spirituals, or we could say concerning uh, things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's a, a good paraphrase of that because that's what 
we're going to be dealing with, and that's what Paul is talking about, concerning things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit. God does not want us to be ignorant. Okay, verse 2, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Now, I already pointed out that, that these were a, a wild bunch of Christians. This was a Gentile church, which means they're non-Jew, and they, they had been, they had gotten saved, but they were in all kinds of stuff. I mean, we showed you scripture where it said a man had his father's wife, okay, sleeping with his father's wife. Pretty, uh, I mean, sexual immorality ran rampant in that church. But yet, the church that had the most sinning going on had the most grace. And, and if it was about their performance, God would have shut the, shut the water off concerning the spiritual gifts, but he didn't. In fact, in chapter 1, verse 7, it says that they came behind or came short in no gift. I mean, I mean, they operated in the gifts of the Spirit, so it wasn't because of their behavior. It was because of God's grace. And the gifts of the Spirit are grace gifts. Okay? That's why you can have ministers sometimes that are immoral, and you can see the gifts of the Spirit working through them. Now, the immorality will catch up with you. Okay? And it's not God judging them, but sin itself uh, has consequences. Amen. Sinning is, not a, is never a good thing. But the way to stop people from sinning is not to point out their sin, but to give them God's unconditional love and grace. Tell them how good God is. And Romans 2, 4 says it's the goodness of God that leads people to change their minds. Repent means to change your mind. If you tell people how good God is, then he that is forgiven much loves much. Amen. And will serve better when you know how much God loves you and how much you, that you've been forgiven. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So, um, you know that you were Gentiles. Now, they had come out of idol worship. So they were carried away to these dumb idols. Idols are dumb because they can't talk. <laughs> but they used to, um, they used to uh, worship idols, and that's what they came out of. He said, so that's what he's dealing with here. You were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Verse 3, therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, what is he talking about? Like, if you're sitting at lunch eating pizza with somebody, and, and they don't know the Lord, they're not born again, and they say, Jesus is Lord, and just saying it, well, what does that, does that mean, that they're talking by the Holy Spirit? No. What this is referring to in the context is when somebody is operating by some kind of spirit. Okay, uh, because there's different spirits out there. And one of these gifts is discerning of spirits, which we'll get to eventually. But 
it's talking about when, when the gifts are in operation or when, when, the, when, when, when spirits are in operation, you can't say when somebody is operating under a spirit, they can't say that Jesus is Lord except through the Holy Spirit. Like if somebody is, is operating, because there's demon spirits, and if somebody is operating under a demonic spirit, and they say, you know, they, 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 they are not able to say that Jesus is Lord when they're operating under an evil spirit. Okay? Because there's only two kind of forces in the world. The spirit of God, the spirit of the devil. Light and darkness. See, the uh, scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, what fellowship has light with darkness? That's why a believer should not marry an unbeliever. Don't shout me down right now. Because the Bible says, what fellowship has light with darkness? The believer is called light. The unbeliever is called darkness. I don't care how good they are. I don't care how sweet they are. I don't care if they bring flowers to your mother. They're still darkness. Amen. So, so when, these, when, the spirit, when spirits are in operation, and evil, when a person is under the influence of an evil spirit, they can't say Jesus is Lord. You can only say that through the Holy Spirit. Okay? And conversely, if somebody is operating uh, um, under the influence of the Spirit of God, they would not be able to call Jesus accursed. Okay, now, verse 4. There are diversities of gifts. Now, let's, let's jump in, into these gifts. Now, I want you to watch for the Trinity here. The, the, the threeness and oneness. Don't, don't try to grasp this in your head, the Trinity. Three and one. God the Father, God the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, yet they're separate, but yet they're one. The, the, the three in one. Well, how can that be? Anybody ever bake a cake? Well, you can't, you, you know, every time you bake a cake, you're talking about the triune God. I mean, you can see it reflected, you know, in the, in the things of this world. What are you talking about, Pastor? Well, to bake a cake, you need an egg, don't you? Huh? And what does the egg consist of? The yolk, the white, and the shell. Huh? Well, how many eggs you got? You got one. It's the threeness in oneness. Huh? You know, what time is it? What time is it right now? Huh? Every time you say, what time is it? You're talking about the triune God. Right? In order to have time, you must have future, present, and the past. Without, without that, you ain't got time. It's a threeness in oneness. Thank you, Jesus. That's just, that don't even cost you nothing. I just threw that in there for free. <laughs> 
So I want you to watch for the triune God here. It shows you how the three, they're not separate, but they work together as one. Going back to what I said before, the, the, Jesus only did what the Father did. The Holy Spirit will only do what Jesus did. They're, they're, they're three, but they're one. They operate one. One won't do what the, what, something that the other one wouldn't do. Amen. And that lets us know that God wants to bless us because every good gift comes, comes from above. I've been saying that over and over, but it just keeps coming up. Every good gift comes from above. God only has good things for you. James tells us that. He said, let no one say, anybody ever heard somebody say, the Lord has tempted me. The Lord, he put these things on me, he put this sickness on me to teach me something. No, God don't have any sickness to give you. He don't operate like that. The Lord is, no. James, James says, let no one say when he, I think you ought to read this. This is not in, in, in your notes. Um, James 1 and 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. Okay? And before that, he said, don't be deceived. Every good gift comes from above. If it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's the devil. Now, there you go. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I'm not saying bad things don't happen. I'm telling you they don't come from God. So don't embrace it. Say, boy, the Lord is putting this on me to teach me something. The Lord put me in the hospital. It wasn't until I was in the hospital that I heard from God. God started speaking to me. Well, sure he did. You're laying down on your back, you got them tubes running up down your behind, and you can't go anywhere, you can't party hardy, and you can't boogie-woogie like you were, you weren't in the club. See, God was talking in the club, but you weren't listening. You ever have, you know, um, somebody call, calling you on the phone, and you might be sweeping, and you turn it off, and like you hear your phone ring, you pick up your cell phone, it's like, Hello, it's your best friend. It's, where you been? I've been, call, I've been trying to call you for a half an hour. Well, I was, I was here. I was just vacuuming. Well, that's how it is, you know. God's talking all the time, but you, yeah, I can't dance, but that's, that's my best shot at it. So, you, you know, you got the music cranking in that club. You know, you're not listening from God now. And you're talking about, of course, you're in the hospital now. On your back with one leg propped up, you got the IV connected to you. Now you all of a sudden, you say, oh, now I, I'm hearing from God. Yeah, well, all the noise is off. <laughs> like, right? So don't talk about, well, you know, that wasn't until I was in the hospital. Man, stop all that nonsense, man. Oh, because look right here, it says, let no one say when he's tempted, you know what no one means? Who does no one leave out? Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. It's not me saying this. This is scripture saying that. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. That's what the scripture says. Don't let 
Anybody say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Some people wonder why I'm so repetitive because I get on Facebook and I, I hear this nonsense. I don't know why the Lord called my aunt home. The Lord's not taking anybody out of here. He's not the author of death. Huh? And it's this kind of nonsense that keeps people away from church. And gets people all messed up because, like, like, well, you know, my, you know, my aunt went to church every single week. And, and her little baby died, and they, they go to church all the time. Well, why did they die? When, the, you know, the, you know got, hit, got run over and got hit by a car, her little baby, at seven years old. And they asked the Lord, well, why? And then you got the prostitutes' kids over here, and they live right down the street, and their kids run under the truck. <laughs> and they don't get killed. That doesn't even make any sense. Why, then why didn't, if God's going to take somebody, why didn't he take the prostitutes' kid? See, because people start, because they, they don't understand why things happen. Well, healing is available to everybody. You just have to receive it. You got to know that Jesus took your sicknesses and diseases. And this is not blaming anybody. This is just. Uh, know about knowing your privileges in Christ Jesus. Because a person can be in church and not know that Jesus took their sicknesses on the cross. You've got to believe that and you've got to receive that for yourself. There's protection available for us. The Bible says a thousand can fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, but it shall not come near us. No evil will befall you. No evil will befall you. I claim that if I were you. Psalm 91, praise God. With long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. Amen. Long life is promised to us. I just claim that. Receive that. It's available to us. Thank you, Jesus. So that's why I'm so repetitive. Because people, they'll go to church and they'll hear this kind of stuff and they'll say amen, but then when something bad happens, they blame God. I, I get an image in my head. that I love that, that old school image. I don't know if they still have it on the cover. I hope they didn't change it. In Kenneth Hagin's book, Don't Blame God, it has their little finger pointed up like this with a band-aid wrapped around it. It said, don't blame God. <laughs> Now, write this scripture down, since y'all just looking at me. Don't look like you. See, don't take words just because preachers say it. The Lord called me home and all this kinds of stuff. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. The word tempt means try or test. God does not tempt, test anyone with bad stuff. 
Thank you, Jesus. So then we can identify the culprit, huh? In every situation, we know it's the devil, and we can stand. When we know it's the devil coming against us, we can stand against him. You ever been to a funeral? Oh, man, here we go. The Lord has given, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And see, that's where people get this kind of stuff from. That was in the Old Testament. And uh, it was in the old, it was the Old Testament, and it, but the, but the thing is, is uh, it's the Old Testament and an account of Job, and Job was went in and accusing uh, Satan before the, uh, accusing Job, and uh, and it was Job saying this, and it, this wasn't even true in the Old Testament. He said, "The Lord takes away. The Lord doesn't take away. The Lord has never taken anybody out of here through death." Well, he only, the only people the Lord ever took, he took them alive. The Bible says Enoch was out, he was out jogging. And the Lord took him, took him alive. He walked with God and God took him, took him alive. Elijah went up in a whirlwind. God took him alive. And the most celebrated case was Jesus when he went up to the cloud, received him out, out of their sight. And Jesus, after his death, burial, and resurrection, got caught up and went up, went up into heaven. And he is where he is now, seated at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. And here's a little side note. Maybe we'll get back to these gifts today. Maybe we won't. But um, we just flow with the Spirit of God, right? But here's a side note. Do you know that the devil cannot go in the presence of God and accuse you anymore? Now, back in the Old Testament, he could. He could just walk up in. He could just, just, just roll up into God's presence, and he was accusing Job. But let's put a pin there. Let me, let me close Job out here, this, this nonsense about the Lord takes away. The Lord said, uh, or, or excuse me, Job, say Job, Job said that in his, in his ignorance because all, all this, I mean, I mean, hell broke, broke loose in his life. All this destruction, you know, happened in his life and, and so forth, and lost members of his family and all that. And uh, his wife told him, uh, really encouraged him, said, you ought to just curse God and die. Because, see, they thought it was the Lord doing that, but it wasn't the Lord. He said, uh, this is Job. See, every, every scripture in the Bible is truly stated. Everything is in the Bible recorded the way it's supposed to be. But everything in the Bible is not a statement of truth. Huh? So, the, see, Job said that, but that was, it was truly stated in the Bible, but what he said was not a statement of truth. Like if I was, in, if, if I was let's imagine uh, we were in court and, um, not in court, let me see, what's the illustration? Um, yeah, in a board meeting, a board meeting, yeah. So we're in a board meeting and I get up and, and let's say one of you, you, you can uh, 
All y'all will be, the, be my secretary. Just imagine you're the secretary. Now, I get up in a board meeting and I say, all dogs that come into this world have six heads and nine legs. And so we come back the next month in a board meeting, and uh, I have you read the minutes from the last meeting, and uh, you say, Pastor Al said, according to these minutes that I took of the last meeting last month, all dogs that come into this world have six heads and nine legs. Okay, I want to ask you a question. Is that true? So you see my point? And you need to understand this principle when you're reading the Bible. Is it true? What Job said, so, so like when I say all dogs come to this world have six head and nine legs, is that true? No, that's not true, what I said, but it was truly stated. So it was truly stated that the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away, but that's not true. The Lord only gives, he doesn't take it away. Take away. Job said that in his ignorance. Why did those things happen to Job? Because he opened the door through fear. Job 3.25 says, the things that I greatly feared has come upon me. Anything that you greatly fear can come upon you in your life. You see, Job opened the door for the devil through fear. The only way the devil can come into your life and wreak havoc is when you open the door. So when you hear this, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away at a funeral, just tune that out. Just um, go play Angry Birds on your phone or find something to do uh, and just tune that out because it's not this nonsense. It's not true. It doesn't make the minister uh, uh, not uh, unsincere. It's just ignorant. Okay? Everybody's ignorant of something. There's, things, there's some things I'm ignorant of. That's why we got to get this word out. Now, let's go back and finish something. This will really bless you. I posted this somewhere this week on uh, our Summit Church community page. If you're not on that, let us know because I got videos that I, I, I push out on there that not available anywhere else. It's just for the Summit family. It's just family business. Okay, so... Job can no longer go into the presence of God like he did back in the old covenant. What did I say, Job? I meant to say Satan. That's why it's good to listen. Because, see, ministers can make mistakes. So, um, that's the first one I made all year, though. Satan can no longer go into the presence of God and accuse you before God because, he, because of the blood of Jesus. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, he went in to the Holy of Holies and sprinkled his blood before the throne of God. And he cleaned up the place where Satan used to walk. Used to come in there. And, and so now... Satan can't come in and accuse you anymore. And you've got somebody else, or you, or you, got, or you have someone, rather, 
who is in the presence of God on your behalf, and his name is Jesus. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Not to accuse you, but to vindicate you. Oh, isn't that good news? And here's something else that Job said in the Old Covenant. He said, um, he said I, I looked for somebody, for a mediator, an intercessor. You know, some, somebody to stand between him and God. He said, but I could find none. That was in the Old Covenant. But in this New Covenant, we have one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. So don't think that Satan going up in front of God and accusing you, he's locked out of the presence of God now because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's good news. And so the only thing that he has, he uses the art of deception. And he tries to tell you things like God is punishing you for your past, or God is punishing you for, for some sin, and, uh, and, and he can just try to deceive you into thinking that God is uh, mad at you, and this accusing voice, uh, if you don't understand the new covenant and how God relates to you in this new covenant, if you don't understand that um, there's no condemnation for you, see, if you don't understand that, you can think that that voice comes from God. But there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Not even, one translation says, there's not even one bit of condemnation. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So, we're almost done, huh? Y'all getting something out of this? We're still looking for this trinity, aren't we? There are diversities of gifts with the same spirit. There are differences, differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Y'all catch it? Diversities of gifts. What does diversities mean? There are different kinds of gifts, but the same what? The same spirit. There are difference, differences of ministries, but the same same Lord, Jesus. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God. So we've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, there are, now these gifts don't belong to any individual. As we mentioned last week, these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These gifts belong to the Spirit. Sometimes people say, well, I have this gift, and I have that gift. You got, ain't got no gift. See, these gifts operate through us. They're not giving, given to any individual. And thank God for that, because people can get arrogant. You know how humans can be. Huh? And they can choose, to, if it's their gift, it's like, I ain't, gonna, I ain't gonna heal you until you straighten up. Until you say, I'm sorry. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Thank God they are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so, so they're different gifts, but it's the same Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who orchestrates all these gifts. And there are differences of ministries. As I said earlier, in, as we deal with chapter 12, 13, and 14 of 1 Corinthians, there 
uh, uh, Paul, the Holy Spirit is dealing with not just gifts, but ministries. And we'll get into ministries of the Holy Spirit, which I can't wait to, to talk about because there's so much abuse of that today. There are differences of ministries, but it's the same Lord. Well, I thought it was the Holy Spirit doing it. Well, when the Lord's doing it, the Holy Spirit's doing it. When the, when the Holy Spirit's doing it, it's the Lord doing it because they, they work together. So you can say there are differences of ministries, but the same Holy Spirit, it's the same thing. And there are diversities. Uh, now, going back to that, ministries, there are different ministries. There's not just one kind of ministry. So just hold that, and we'll, we'll get to that later, not today, but okay. There are diversities or different kinds of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Uh, one translation says there are diversities of operations. In other words, they operate differently. Gifts operate differently uh, through different people. They, um, like one time, Jesus uh, healed a man, uh, healed a blind man by spitting in the ground, making some mud, and uh, putting the mud, slapped that ma- mud in his eye to heal him. Okay, but he only did that once. Okay. Um, I mean, he went to the pool of Bethesda, and uh, there were there were like five porches full of sick people. Okay, and because they're the gifts of the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus never took credit for anything he did. He said. It is the Father who dwells in me. He does the work. So here we see the Trinity again. The Father who dwells in me, he does the work. So you got Jesus saying that. The Father in him. Well, how how was the Father in him? Through the Holy Spirit. Amen. The same Holy Spirit that we have. And, and we should desire spiritual gifts because they're not just limited to people who are five-fold ministry gifts, which those are the different kind of ministries, and we'll deal with that later. But it's not just ministers that can operate in the gifts. You can operate in the gifts. Hallelujah. I love teaching this. You know why? Because God doesn't want some at church to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. And see, because when you're not ignorant of them and you understand, oh, I I can operate in the gifts of the Spirit, then then you'll start being open to the gifts of the Spirit working through you. And it's a beautiful thing. I said it's a beautiful thing. And this brings up something else. Well, if healing is true, then why don't you just do like Jesus and just go around just healing everybody and just go and clean out the hospitals? Well, read your Bible again. Jesus didn't go around doing that. Jesus didn't go around indiscriminately healing everybody. Now, everybody who came to him in faith, he healed. Okay? But he wasn't pushing healing on everybody in the world. 
Because if that was true, he would just wave his hand over everybody and everybody would have been healed. And he could, you know, just did his thing and just sat back at the crib. Right? That brings up something else. <laughs> People said that Jesus didn't, that Jesus didn't have a house. See, read your Bible again. Over and over it said with Jesus when he, he went to the house. He had a crib. Well, where do people get this nonsense from? Well, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. That doesn't mean he didn't have a house. That meant that he had an itinerant ministry. He never was at one place too long. Now, now go back and read, read the Gospels, and you'll see when they would retreat sometimes to Jesus, and they went to the house. They went to the house. He had a crib. He had money. Because you don't have a treasurer when you have no money. If you got $2.50, you don't need a treasurer. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, if, if, if you just think, it's all right to think in church. And then you, had, then you had Judas, who was what? what? What was he? He was a thief. He was stealing for three and a half years, and nobody even knew anything was missing. Now, you know, if you had $5 in there, <laughs> some of y'all know you leave $5 on the counter, and there's $1 when you come. Out. So who took, who was messing with my $5? Where's the rest of my money? Huh? And he took care of those guys. Twelve disciples took care of them for three and a half years. You had to have money to do that. And those wise men came to him with gold. Forget about the frankincense and myrrh. Let's just stop with the gold. The wise men brought him gold. That's what he put in the treasurer. And that's how he supported those uh, disciples and their families for three and a half years. Before he multiplied the fish and the loaves, you remember one of the disciples said, do you want us to go in and buy food? 5,000 men plus women and children. Could have been 10, 15,000 people out there. He said, do you want us to go in and buy food for all these people? You don't say that if you got $2.50 in your pocket. It's like, what? How are we going to feed all this? Man, send them people up. We can't feed all. You know how your, your kinfolk do. You know, man, we ain't feeding all these people. How you think we're going to feed these people? All we got is, is some uh, leftovers from P.F. Chang or somewhere, right? You know, P.F. Chang's coming to Fort Wayne. Thank God, man. That, that's because of the anointing that's on my life. And you can thank me for Ruth Chris and uh, amen, crispy honey shrimp. Thank you, Jesus. Man, so let me let's close out all these little doors I got open. But Jesus didn't indiscriminately heal everybody and wipe out the hospitals. Five porches full of sick people. He only went to one man. Left the rest of those folks there sick. 
That's not because God didn't want them healed. But if any one of those people, it was full of sick people. If any one of those would have came up to Jesus in faith, they would have been healed. He never turned down anybody that came to him in faith. In fact, most of of these individual cases of healings were not gifts of the Spirit. They were people who were in faith. Over and over, Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Okay? And stop making faith difficult. Just look at Jesus. Your faith will go through the roof. Understand his love for you because perfect love. No, that's not the verse I'm looking for. (laughs) Faith, Galatians 5, 6. Faith works through love. I used to think that was my love, but that's Jesus' love for you. Faith works when you understand how much God loves you. When you understand the love that Jesus has for you, your faith will go through the roof. He loved me so much. He wants me well. The Bible says he was moved with compassion. Jesus, in his earthly ministry, he was moved with compassion and healed their sick. He healed the sick out of, out of his compassion. But isn't that, so, so why did he just go to one person? Because the, the Holy Spirit, when the, when the gifts are in operation... This is a manifestation of the gifts of healings in Jesus' ministry. When the gifts of healings are in operation, only the person or people who the Holy Spirit singles out will be healed. And in that case, he only singled out one man. And that man got healed. And he left the rest of them there sick. But that doesn't mean that it's not God's will to heal everybody. It is absolutely God's will to heal everybody. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And every sickness and every disease is satanic oppression. It's not from God. Y'all get something out of this today? Yeah. We're going we're to finish this. This is so, it's so much, man, on these gifts of the Spirit. See, gifts of, the, gifts of healings are as the Spirit wills. See, there was no faith required of that man. Will you be made well? And the man said, I have no man. Because this was just a, a, a manifestation of the Spirit of God when... when when the waters were troubled, whoever stepped in first got healed. But this guy, I mean, he was a little slow. He said, I don't have any man to put me in the water every time the water. I mean, can you imagine the frustration of this guy? Every time the water was stirred, like whoever got in there first got healed. He was trying, he tried to inch up himself up to the water, man, when the water was troubled. And he's always, somebody's always beating him. But then Jesus came. And the Holy Spirit singled that man out and said, will you be made well? I don't have a man to put me in the water. Every time I go, try to go in, somebody else go, gets there for me. And Jesus heals that man. 
Thank you, Jesus. 